Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Listening to the Deborah Ankle Podcast, a podcast designed to open up the conversation surrounding grief and to ensure young grievers feel less alone. I'm Catherine Hooker, and I speak with young adults from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. The good, the bad, and the banter. I remember one day I got in the shower and we'd run out of shampoo. And I just had a meltdown. I was like, I can't carry on like this. If I can't even deal with the fact that shampoo has run out, I need some serious help. Um, so yeah, I got some counseling um, and got a temporary job and just thought I've got to sort my shit out because otherwise I'm going to ruin everything at that time too. So I was just like, right, okay, come on, get, get your shit together. So yeah, I did. And, I think one day I was driving along the road and I just started crying and it was happy tears and I think I kind of knew at that time that I was going to be okay again. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast featuring Megan Ostwick. Megan's dad died in November 2017 of a sudden cardiac arrest whilst he was away with work. Megan said that people told her not to make any big decisions six months after losing a parent. What did Megan do? She bought a house that needed renovating, she bought a new car and went to Vegas and had what it looked like to others the time of her life. Underneath it all though she was really struggling with her mental well-being and even cried over an empty bottle of shampoo, like you heard in the introduction before. Six months later, she started a blog, which you'll hear about in this episode. She sought the help that she needed, and she has now created an account where she is also helping other people. In this podcast, we also discuss relationships and how difficult it is to navigate them once you have a serious loss, and also dating when you're grieving as well. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and if you want to catch up with Megan, her details are placed in the show notes. So first of all, Megan, thank you so much for coming on to the Dead Parent Club podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to all of the listeners so that they know who you are and where you're from, and then we can kind of get stuck into your own grief journey. Great. Okay. So yeah, I'm Megan. I'm from Poole in Dorset and I'm 24. I'm currently unemployed. Um, (laughs) Fun employed. (laughs) 
<laughs> not it's not even <laughs> fun right now actually no, i know I, I keep drinking a glass of gin at 2 p.m on tuesday and thinking <laughs> what on earth is my life but we'll go with it <laughs> so um yeah that's me i'm just trying to find sort of where i want to go next um but that's a bit of a boring story so we'll we'll leave that one for the minute <laughs> <laughs> It's not as exciting as talking about your dead parent, is it? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) We're not here to talk about the trials and tribulations of my million jobs that I've had in the past, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you're clearly affiliated to the DPC. Um, Could you just kind of give us, I don't know, like the brief story on your loss? Yeah, okay. So um, in November 2017, um, I really suddenly lost my dad. Um, He had a cardiac arrest. Um, he sort of worked away quite a bit Monday to Friday because of his job um, and had sort of quite a high profile corporate job. Um, he'd gone away and seemed to have had a great time the evening before with his friends. Um, he'd worked in the industry for a long time, so had quite a lot of friends there. Um, we all spoke to him that day and everything was fine. Um, he was 51 um, and went to sleep, woke up by the sounds of sort of what we can gather he literally just went to walk in the shower and died of a cardiac arrest. Um, Goodness me. Yes, it was very, very sudden. Um, We weren't obviously fully aware of what was going on. My brother actually works for the same company that he did and still did at that time. Um, Mm. So they called him first because it was the only number they kind of had. But they, um, it was his work that called my brother and they didn't actually really know what happened either. They just knew that something was wrong because he hadn't arrived to one of his meetings that he was due to go to. And he was always on time. This is a bit weird. Um, so they sent the housekeeper in or um, whoever it was at the hotel and they found him. And it had been a couple of hours. So they were like, there's no point in us sort of trying Oh, to... gosh. Um, yes, yeah, so that was very sudden. They called my brother. My brother... Um, he kept calling me and I was at work so I just assumed that he was calling me for something like girl problems or just something that I really didn't care about so I kept yeah <laughs> what do you want yeah and I had my apple watch on I went to the loo and I was sat on the loo and I thought oh god he's calling again so I better answer um and I just remember picking it up on my apple watch and he was like I think dad's dead and I was like what um oh my god I- what like a shocking thing yeah to, like just like sat on the toilet like oh I'm thinking well I suppose I better finish my wee and figure out what the hell to do um no I think he just didn't know what what to do he's younger than me um he didn't know what mm. to do or say I think he just needed to get out I guess I don't know if he can really remember that conversation because we don't really talk about it but um so I went back to my desk and my colleague dropped me home and um my partner at the time went to go and get my mum and bring everyone back and then it was just um, sort of a couple of hours of not knowing what was going on. The the services, like police and what have you, couldn't give us any information because he was out of the county and apparently they're not allowed to, like, share another, like, a person from another county. Oh, wow. I, don't I know never knew that. that. Yeah, so apparently that county couldn't have told us what happened um, and they had to obviously get all of the information and make sure that it wasn't, like, any extreme circumstances or whatever. So I'm screaming down the phone at police officers. I don't know who I thought I was. <laughs> but I was like, Someone needs to tell me what's going on now. Um, calling hospitals in the area to try and know what was, figure out what's going on because we didn't know if he was alive or, or dead at this point. Um, and then yeah, the police officer came down, um, knocked at the door a couple like well probably wasn't a couple of hours, like an hour or something later, and said that he died. So that was that, and then I was part of the club. <laughs> God, um, that is just like chaos. 
Yeah, it really was. I um I operated some military operation for well, since the second I took the call and, and until about a month later really. My mum kind of just listened to whatever I said. My brother didn't really say a lot or do do a lot. Um and I wanted to take charge. I was such a control freak. Um and I felt like How really... how old were you at the time? I was twenty one. Um, God, so young. Yeah, I was like really young and not not fully aware of how young I was at the time either I don't think when I look back now you do feel so old don't you like as soon as you get to like 16 you're like I'm an adult (laughs) yeah and I think I was obviously emotionally mature but nowhere near as what like as mature as I am now but I just needed to have that control because I think I'm probably most like him sort of out of everybody else in the family so I felt like I needed to take his role um and just became everyone's safety net really and then I just had my boyfriend to kind of look after me I guess Um, that's so much pressure yeah it was a lot of pressure but I felt like I wanted it it Mm. impacted me in the long run um (laughs) it wasn't the best idea to do what I did and when I look back I think oh my god what did you think you were doing um (laughs) just chill (laughs) yeah (laughs) but at the time you just do whatever you think's best don't you yeah yeah definitely God, what just like an absolutely crazy situation. So what was it like after that then? Because obviously obviously you've just got so much to organise and stuff. Like, did you talk to anybody about it? Or like, how long did it go with you just being kind of like in control of the situation? And I imagine you probably didn't really acknowledge your grief much at all then for quite a long time. No, I didn't. I I pretend that I was fine. Um, I went back to work quite quickly. Um, we did the funeral and I just assumed that after the funeral, you just meant to then be fine. Um, Which is what was, everyone assumes. <laughs> yeah, literally everyone's like, right, that's fine. That's it then. We're all good to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was great. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Um, but I, out of everyone in the world, my dad was the closest person to me. Um, mm. We like there wasn't there's nobody else that I ever would and ever have really since gone to for advice on things um and I was such a like a daddy's little girl um so I think I just I did what I thought he would do no not necessarily even that I think I just did what I thought he would have wanted me to have done um and just stepped up um and pretended that everything was fine and then did loads of really like stupid things people said to me don't make any big decisions within six months after losing a parent I was like oh shut up I can do what I want um so I bought a house that needed renovating um I bought a car which now I can't really afford um (laughs) I booked like three holidays went to Vegas and did some gambling wow I did literally everything I probably shouldn't have done um just Mm. to watch my feelings under the carpet and pretend that I was okay I would probably absolute hell to live with um and I do sort of especially recently like look back and think what I must have put my ex-boyfriend through um but I just oh my god I have that I have the exact same like I I like look think about it and I literally wince like in real life I'm like (laughs) oh I know I when I watch sort of and especially hearing stories from other people and I see them betraying behaviors of what I did I think oh god your poor, <laughs> poor partner but you just do it and he took it and he was great so um yeah he was amazing um but yeah and then it just all came crashing down I don't know what the pivotal point was as such but um 
I just couldn't cope anymore. I think I'd just pretended that I was fine for so long, just gone back to normal life. Um, I got put, um, well, I pretend, well, I didn't really go back to normal life. I got pneumonia a few weeks after and ended up in hospital. And then after that, went back to work sort of full time as such, because obviously Mm. I had time off when I was ill. Um, And then when I went back, it was the 1st of January. So it would have been 2018. They put me on a performance plan for lack of performance. I'm thinking, (gasps) it's real. (laughs) Um, Obviously, yeah, literally, I didn't give a shit about work, to be honest, at the time. Um, That was the last thing on my mind. If they're listening to this, I do (laughs) apologise. I might need a reference. (laughs) Um, I might need a reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, they... In terms of the people, they were great, but I just couldn't believe that I was being put on a performance plan and told that I needed to give return back to my normal. I literally couldn't believe what, what I was hearing. Um, mm. From there, I just started to deteriorate even more because I just felt so pressured. And buying the house affected that as well. We got in there and realised how much we had to do. And I just thought, oh, I can't cope. Um, so I left my I job. I mean, you, you were only 21, like, and you've just done, you've made so many huge life decisions yeah yeah Yeah, it sounded great at the time um I I bet bet you're like yeah live my best life and if you looked at me sort of from the outside you were probably thinking oh my god she's got so much going on she's going on so many great holidays when really inside I'm dying did Um, people think that you were like coping and you were okay like did anybody ever actually ask you how you were they did. My friends are amazing. They always check in on me. Like, I think they sense when I'm not okay um, all the time. And still now, like, on anniversaries and things like that, or if they know that I'm feeling a bit down, they might send me a card or drop something round. Like, they are great in that sense. Um, but I don't think I give people the option to maybe do that unless I start talking about it myself. Um, yeah. I'm very, very open. I literally tell everyone everything. Um but I also didn't in that time. I just pretended that I was fine. Um, and I think I can't, I call it like my mental breakdown because I stopped, I stopped speaking to everyone. I didn't want to see my friends anyway. So they, they, they fought to keep the relationships there and were there sort of with open arms as soon as I was ready to come back. Um, oh, good for them. So that was amazing. But they did also give me the space that I needed to just take my time away and, and do my yeah. thing. So I just from everything like I didn't want to see friends I didn't want to see family we're all really close to my family and I just I didn't want to see any of them um I didn't I just didn't want to do anything to be honest (laughs) Um, what did did you do during that time then I sat on my sofa literally all the time um Grey's Anatomy (laughs) um (laughs) I think I literally did that for about three months um and it then got to a point I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts and what like just Mm things like walking along the road I could hear maybe like a heavier vehicle like a big truck or something and I think mm. all right now's the time to jump out um yeah and I was just experiencing such awful thoughts and then I remember one day I got in the shower and we'd run out of shampoo and did you I, cry yeah Harrison <laughs> wasn't even <laughs> it and I just had a meltdown I was like I can't carry on like this if I can't even deal with the fact that shampoo has run out I need some serious help. Um, So, yeah, I I got some counselling and got a temporary job and just thought I've got to sort my shit out because otherwise I'm going to ruin everything. Um, I tried to leave the relationship so many times and 
And I think he knew that that's not what I wanted as well. So kind of supported me in <laughs> ensuring that that wasn't actually Aww. what I um, And yeah, my friends were there. Um, and like my mum was so eagerly to talk to at that time too. So I was just like, right, okay, come on, get, get your shit together. So yeah, I did. And I think one day I was driving along the road and I just started crying and it was happy tears. And I think I kind of knew at that time that I was going to be okay again. But yeah, it was definitely oh, such a nice good. moment. Yeah, it was. I think that was nearly a year later, though, really. Um, it was a long sort of journey, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can completely, like, sympathise. Like, it's so funny, isn't it, how people think that, like, after the funeral, you kind of, like, you're on the mend. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, everything's going to get better from there. I think you even, you even think about yourself. And it's so weird, like, life literally comes in peaks and troughs, doesn't it? And, like, some of those dips are just, like, extraordinarily painful. Yeah, definitely. And I think the thing is about losing a parent and the way that I kind of describe it when I'm sort of mentoring people is that, like, imagine that you've got an A4 piece of paper and you've drawn, like, a little, um, like, an outline of, like, a gingerbread man or something that symbolises you and you get a hole punch, and you hole punch it, and then there's those holes left there, they can't, you can't put them back in, they're gone. Mm. And you've then got to figure out how you live with that sort of empty hole and what you fill that with. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the way that I've, I don't really know where I got that from, I'm pretty sure I just made it up one day with a paper punch in my hand, but it was a <laughs> good way for me to describe how I felt, and those pieces of paper that were left were the person that's no longer here and I need to rebuild those and fill that with something else and that's never going to be possible but I can try and do things to sort of keep them there and move forward and build sort of a new version of myself um and that's kind of the way that I helped my friends understand how I felt and how I've helped other people get to grips with how they feel since really yeah well let's talk about that then because obviously you do have like a kind of grief platform and you you blog a lot about like your mental well-being and how grief has had an effect on that like when did you start doing that and I'm guessing you must have talked to loads of people by now about your journey yeah so I I first did a blog about six months after when I thought I knew everything um (laughs) when I thought I was this wise old owl that had grief like nailed um so I I wrote a piece then um, and I just posted it on my Facebook really um, and lots of family and friends read it and were like oh it's amazing and then I literally two days later decided to delete it I was like no I can't I can't do this I can't continue to do this so I took it down um, and that was the end of that and then I did the same about another sort of year later I think it had been about 18 months since dad died then um and again I I really sort of named it I called it pineapple on pizza and I did that because I thought (laughs) it's that people either love or hate and (laughs) don't always um agree with and I feel like it links to the way that sometimes we find difficult um we find grief difficult to talk about and it can be a Mm. little awkward and people kind of dodge it and I just kind of wanted to yeah I love that it's a great metaphor bit fun um so I posted sort of another blog then on what I'd learned since he died and sort of where I was um, from when I last wrote the previous post. Um, and then I thought, right, OK, we're a year, a year later again. We're in lockdown. I don't have anything else to do with my life right now. Um, everyone had been pushing for me to do it. And I'd always been there for support when 
people that I know through Instagram and things have um, messaged me after losing someone. And I just thought, right, okay, stop being a lazy bitch and get it done. Um, So I I then launched it um, and it's just kind of gone from strength um, strength to strength there really. And it's been so lovely to have so many great messages and to be able to help so many people with with their journeys of not just parent loss but any kind of loss um their mental yeah. health their physical health um and yeah it's been it's been great oh I'm so glad well you're kind of you're kind of doing a series now aren't you on like other people's stories and stuff yeah I am so I just kind of provided them with a platform to either anonymously or sort of have it named to share their own stories um and I guess in a similar way to this, but down on paper, um, yeah, give them the chance to be able to talk about what's happened to them, um, and then I'm just kind of there to provide them with any support that they need afterwards. Um, and I just keep that that contact with them, and and it works really well, and it actually helps me too. So it's a good all rounder. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that, and I think they, that's the whole reason why you know this podcast works is because people love being able to read other people's stories and know yeah. that they're not on their own with how they're feeling about stuff yeah definitely and literally what one of my questions um is are you happy to talk about it and the answer is always yes and mm. you know you um you're probably fully aware of this more so than me but people do love to talk about the people that they've lost and the experiences yeah. that they've had that it might not be until 10 years later but they to be able to have somewhere that they can do that when they're ready I think is really important because when dad died honestly I would have loved to have found this podcast then like I oh, didn't thank you I, I couldn't find anything I think there was support for people that had lost parents in different scenarios but considering heart attacks and cardiac arrest are one of the leading top causes in sort of middle-aged men I just couldn't find anything <laughs> and I just felt so alone like, I thought who on earth can I speak to about this that gets what I mean so I would have died for this podcast then but um yeah we didn't I didn't find oh, it until thank you <laughs> no that 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 means a lot and you know I can definitely vouch for the fact that you aren't alone in your loss like I, I'm shocked by the amount of people that come onto this podcast and have lost parents in such sudden ways like you know from from obviously because my mum died like very slowly it was cancer like your experiences are so different but also like so so similar all at the same time like yeah. the pre-death experience is different but the post-death experiences they are really similar like the way that we kind of grieve and try and survive afterwards yeah, definitely it's it's just a completely different world and since I've lost my dad and I know this is something that you guys sometimes mention is who, have you got other friends that have lost parents and things mm-hmm. I have um two close friends who have both lost their dads in very different circumstances um and and that was sort of quite a, a way before my dad did. But ever since, it's been awful. Ever since my dad died, I just keep having people in my life that lose parents. I don't know what it is. It's like the curse, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. keeps happening. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sorry, you've just joined the club. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right, I'm, it's great that I can be here for you and it's great that I can guide you through this now I know what the hell's going on. But I also don't really want to have to. Like, why is this yeah. um, happening and it does build a community which I love like I think you just automatically get on with someone don't you if they've lost a parent too. oh my god yes definitely like I could literally be like best friends with every single person I've had on this show 
<laughs> yeah, it just builds something that you can't you can't get elsewhere. And and I think that was part of the reason why my relationship did break down is that I just didn't like we just didn't understand each other in the same in the same way anymore. And I needed yeah. my space to grow and figure out what I was doing next and who I was. Yeah. Um, and I did struggle to do that, but um, I think now, like the people that I've met since, new friends um, and old friends that have lost parents, I've just grown so much closer to them, which I wouldn't necessarily have always done before. I do find it amazing um, when I hear of people that are in relationships when their parent dies or when anybody close to them dies, really, and they manage to keep that relationship like solid throughout the whole grieving oh God, process and like on from that because you do change so much as a person and you you're you know that you've changed but you don't know how and it takes a while to kind of figure out exactly what it is now that kind of makes you happy and what makes you sad and what what you want to do in your free time like such tiny things accumulate to such a huge change yeah definitely and it's so hard to get somebody to understand that I felt like such an awful person for a long time because I knew I'd hurt him by leaving but I just, I needed to know who I was. And I didn't feel like I could do that with him there. Mm. I think my whole life I had a man to protect me, like obviously always having my dad and then having Harrison as well. Um, I felt like I needed to learn how to, and I think this is probably just me being the person that I am, but I think I needed to learn how to fully be without a man at all, whether that be my dad or a, a relationship. Um, yeah. I need to get to grips um as to who that new person was and figure out what to do now but it has massively changed like my dating life and the way that people treat me and the way that I allow myself to be treated definitely and I I I see such a difference now I'm dating than I did when my dad was here oh I love that so talk to me about that then because like do you tell people that you go on dates with about your dad are they usually are they usually people that have known you previously like what are those conversations like or do you just not speak about it I feel like there must be other people that feel like this like I feel like maybe I'm the only one but I'm sure I'm not um and most of the people that I speak to myself are all in relationships and have been since their their parent passed or their guys so it's a different way Mm. yeah um but 100% I I do tell people anyway if they've looked at my Instagram they're gonna know because it's so bloody obvious yeah (laughs) Uh, and who's going to go on a date when they haven't checked the person's Instagram so um, true <laughs> um so I I think obviously they already know they never know how to approach it um, I mean, I think, like, do they do they bring it up with you like oh I've seen this on, on the gram like no, do they ever t- no they oh never god do. I I make it sound like I go on like 10 dates a week no I do I know don't worry yeah like, <laughs> dates that I have had um and I haven't really had um, had that many because I just keep getting ghosted um, oh, God. <laughs> um but yeah no it doesn't really ever get brought up by them I bring it up to hopefully aid it to feel a little bit more comfortable um mm. I do feel like the level of respect that I receive is completely different now because my dad was always like one of the lads um like even when I was in school and what have you um and sort of at the age where I was going out and stuff um I always I've always had like a lot of guy friends and girlfriends like there's always been like a big group of us and the guys just used to come around and chill with my dad um have like pizza or whatever and then my dad um 
as he was getting older, like if we were going out like down to Ashley Cross, which is like a local little, it's not like a town, but there's like a few chilled out bars. Um, my mum and dad might come down or my dad might come down with um, his friends and my, my friends just loved him and the guys loved him and everyone loved him. So I oh, think, I love that. and that I think because men that I knew and potentially would maybe date or whatever, they knew what he was like. They respected me so much more. Um, mm. And I think now I don't have that to sort of show, right, this is how I expect to be treated. This is the relationship I've got with my dad. That's completely changed. And it's so weird to like, sort of put the number on why that is. Um, but I think it's because I've always kind of shown by introducing people to my family what I expect. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, um, the standards that you expect. Yeah, and now that's not there to sort of guide from. I think they kind of try and take the mick a bit. Um, and mm. I think my mum and dad's relationship as well, which was like they were like, snogging each other's faces off in the kitchen oh I love that <laughs> however many years and that's what I want but because someone can't see that um it's different so yeah it massively has changed and I think maybe my confidence as well I'm not as used to being around men as much as I always was before mm. um like I don't have regular hugs from a male now I don't hug my dad every day so stuff like that is is weird to get used to as well um it's just completely changed the dating scene and that is one th- I feel like I was fully prepared when I left Harrison for all of the things that were going to change but that was one thing that I just did not factor in at all yeah I bet I bet I do I do find dating the whole dating thing after you've lost a parent for some reason it is just like really difficult and like yeah. you know you and you want to have these like deep meaningful conversations but not with like weirding that person out and also I don't know just the whole thing is just difficult I think and even like now like the boyfriend the guy that I'm with now the boyfriend that I'm with (laughs) um the guy I'm with now like we don't talk about it loads and we know each other from when we were in high school so he knew that my mum was dead but um, he actually told me a really funny story when we started dating because I don't remember this at all. But apparently like a year after my mum died or something, I was in big Tesco near me and I was at like the self-checkouts and he was next to me. And I was like, oh, hi. And he asked me, he was like, hi, how are you? And I was like, oh, I'm okay. My my mum died, but yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, you just like blurred out that your mum had died recently. And, and I was like, oh my God, that's so weird. <laughs> I don't know why we do that like I sometimes do that. maybe not so much now but definitely in the earlier days like someone would be like how are you and I'd be like yeah my dad died or something like that yeah. and, 
I don't know why I had to, had to feel the need to just say that so abruptly. I just feel so sorry for the person that's on the receiving end. Like he must have been like, "Oh right, okay, all right, sorry." <laughs> now what? I was like, "Yeah, yeah, my mum died, but yeah, like I suppose I'm all right." Yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's so crazy. Like when I sort of think back to things that I've said and positions that I've probably put people in, in the past, I just think like my humour with it is it's it's quite a like I wouldn't say it's a bad humor because I think people a lot of the time do try and make um jokes out of situations that are bad Mm. but I always make like dead dad jokes (laughs) like like the worst ones yeah Yeah. that's me (laughs) I was in a club and the DJ was shocking and I was like oh my god this DJ is as bad as as dead as my dad and (laughs) that's amazing my friends just stood there and was like oh my god it's a good job we know you so that we know that this is just normal but if anybody else didn't right now (laughs) but that is just what I do like I just make because it I think it you know every situation you've got to try and brighten up a little bit so (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I definitely do think it's a bit of a coping mechanism to an extent um but it's, it's it's also a way to just like bring the fact that your parent still existed but is also dead into existence do you know what I mean yeah. like you don't you don't have you don't it's not very often that you actually get to say the name dad or the name mum so whenever you can you're just like I'll make it into a funny joke yeah exactly I think like you've just got to keep that humor alive and and keep things and I, I always think like what would I want if it was me that was dead and I was looking down um and I and that's I do that in every scenario really. And I just always think I'd want people to be laughing about it. <laughs> I don't want Yeah, I would as well. Don't want people crying. Like I had had this discussion about like funerals and planning and things like that with my friends sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I want everyone laughing at my funeral and having a great time and just getting drunk and partying. And then some of my friends are like, I want everyone crying, I want the most depressing music in the world. But I'm like, no, let's just have a party. I'm dead, I'm not coming back. <laughs> nothing you can do so you might as well just <laughs> the thing is is that I think I'd rather people made jokes about it because otherwise if they didn't and it was all serious and they cried every time they, it was like I was brought up then I would never get brought up because yeah. nobody wants to be around people that are crying all the time so exactly. I'd, rather, I'd rather people were laughing about it yeah definitely and when you do have your little crying moments it's it's all right and you can let it out but yeah I think and some they come at the most random times but I do feel like maybe I I haven't had those things that I've read about so much where people do just burst into tears sometimes mm. um, I I haven't had that and I'd love to have that um but I, I don't I don't know if that's just me but I hear of people when they're telling their stories to me that it just comes at the most random times when they just burst into tears. And I had that for about six months or so after because I was so emotionally unstable, but I haven't really yeah. had that since. Um, yeah, and it, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, and I know everybody's different. Um, and there are probably some points in my life where I will get that. But at the minute I'm like, oh, I would like to just have like a little outburst every now and again. How How would you say your grief is like, more kind of like manifested itself in you then like do you just kind of do you think about it and you acknowledge it but it just doesn't have like that kind of physical effect yeah I I don't know if I which is coming which is bad coming from someone that runs a grief website but I don't think I see mine as as grief which I know it is but I don't see it as that anymore I just Mm. see it as this is just my life now Um, yeah 
and I'm going to talk about him when it comes like everyone that's close to me in my life knew him like my best friends grew up with him obviously my family know him so anyone that I'm going to talk to is just going to be a normal conversation um but because of how he died as well obviously the fact that one day he was there like literally a couple of days before we were having afternoon tea um at this place down the road I just think oh well he's just gone like literally just disappeared in a puff of smoke Mm. Um, so I don't know maybe maybe it's not hit me and maybe it never will and that's kind of how I look at it now like it's been yeah three years um and obviously I'm fully aware I watched his body disintegrate I went to go and view it loads of times I saw the name Mm. So I know that he's dead, and I know he's not coming back. It's been a bloody long time since I've seen him. If it if he is, <laughs> um, so I know that it's happened. But I don't, I don't have those out, but like outbursts of, you know, emotion and and stuff. Yeah, you you know what? It's it's really interesting that you say that because the podcast that I released today that I recorded with the guy called uh, Nick last week. Um, he well both like we both also spoke about how no matter like how many times you kind of try and sit with your grief and acknowledge the fact that they're dead and they're not coming back you still can't actually comprehend it or like accept it in your head like I I still can't physically think that she is gone forever like I just can't my brain has like a mental block and it's just like nah yeah we're not not having that conversation (laughs) How long has it been for you since you lost your mum? Um, so it was November 2015. So it's been like four and mm. a bit years now. Yeah, so maybe that just never happens. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. <laughs> I think no. you, just, you just live the rest of your life like, yeah, what like happened? I know technically yeah. they're dead, but they're not, they're not really dead. No, like I feel things that, like other things that have happened in my life since, I feel them so much more. Like I will, mm. I will watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy, and I will literally cry and sob. Cry. Yeah, and I'm not okay. Yeah, like days after. Um, yeah, like you think about it, and you actually start tearing up again. Yeah, but with my dad, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. So <laughs> maybe that, maybe yeah. that's what what it's like now. And I know, like, um, you've mentioned previously about things that people have learned and taken away from. Um, their grief and things that people have said to them and one of the things that um, I found sort of very insightful um, my um, ex-boyfriend not my one (laughs) that I was with at the time but my um, my one before um, his mum me and uh, well me and him still get on because we were sort of childhood sweethearts really but um, his mum is still a really good friend of mine and someone that I would always go to she's just the loveliest person in the world um and she came over um to visit my new house when I moved in and um she said to me she was like you're grieving what you're going to miss and what you you know what you're not going to have in the future but her having lost her mum and dad she's grieving all of the memories so yeah though obviously we've got the memories there but they're obviously a shorter time bracket than what they would be if we lost them when it was a bit more of a normal time in say 30 years that would have been good um so it's a mm, com- yes, please. yeah so it's a completely different way of looking at it like we're so maybe that's why it doesn't sink in for us because we don't know exactly what it is that we're grieving um yeah they have so much to look back on 
and it's those things that tear them up more than than us I don't I don't know it's it's all so different isn't it and everyone's journey is so different but um it, it definitely is that I think to an extent because like for me when I do, when I do cry it's mostly because I'm crying about what my mum's missing out on or yeah. what she doesn't know about I rarely cry about I don't well this is nothing we spoke about recently is that I find it really hard to think and look back at happy memories so like for some reason I find that really hard to do it's just much easier to picture my mum dead which is just like horrendous <laughs> um, yeah, but like I think so I, so yeah I don't I don't cry about memories I do cry about all of that that hasn't happened and will never yeah. happen all the future stuff like I always think like I refuse to think that one day I'm gonna have a wedding um I know that yeah I'm married, but I'm definitely not like I'm sure it will probably change when I meet the love of my life or something like that but mm. then I'm just completely adamant that I'm not having a wedding and part of that is because I just know I won't I wouldn't cope yeah with- but it's, it's scary isn't it like I'm terrified to have children I re- I want them but I am yeah. so scared to do that without my mum being here like so scared definitely as a girl like with your mum as well like one of my very good friends um she's getting married next year and um well I'm friends with her and her brother like they're kind of like my family now really um and we met recently um about a year ago and um they lost their mum um and I know that it must be so hard for her to do that plan plan that wedding and um and Mm. things without um her mum here but it's so lovely that we can talk so much about I I never met their mum um but I feel like I know so much about her and I always think oh um like if I see something on Facebook like specifically about like cats or something like that because I know she loved cats if I see something I think oh I know their mum would love that oh <laughs> um, that's so nice yeah because I can keep her memory alive and they know things about my dad and and that's so so lovely but I just can't even imagine how hard that must be for her um and also the prospect of having kids and things without her mum there yeah there's just it's all those little things isn't it and even with you like with your dad it's the big thing is like marriage and then it's like having kids and them not being able to meet their granddad and stuff yeah. like it's all those things I think that, and that's why we will continuously grieve yeah. I think it, that's why it's different to when somebody loses their parent at like a normal age is it I know that they're grieving and they continue continue to grieve but like they're not grieving huge events like that, like you no. do when you're young. No, definitely not. Like, obviously, with my nans recently just dying, um, obviously, my mum has now lost a parent. So um, that's something that she hadn't experienced before because my granddad's still here. But it is, like, we don't talk about it in a way that we can relate to each other because mm. we know that it's such a different circumstance. Obviously, there are a lot of similarities, and she was super close with her mum um but it isn't the same journey that we're on and I think that's something that maybe some people don't always appreciate is that everyone's journey is different and although you can help each other and support each other um there are certain pockets where it's not going to be the same and you can't relate so um I hate it when people are like um like comparing I had that and I wrote about that in my blog like people that compare and make it seem like it's some sort of competition yeah um <laughs> me and me and me and sam the girl that i did start this podcast with we have like a bit of a joke about like dead parent top trumps yeah. just because like but like in like a in a way that because you get that kind of idea like that that kind of feeling that people are trying to like make theirs sound worse than yours 
So it's like it's like you're p- playing a game of dead parents up drums. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had um one of the things that sticks in my mind um was when someone said to me that like trying to compete with me over how many people attended the funeral of their granddad as compared what? to the amount of people that yeah. I was like, oh my god, I don't, I can't even have this conversation with you. Um, it's because they they had there's this really lovely place like round here which I didn't actually know about at the time when my dad died. Um, and like it's really expensive like lavish place um for cremation um and it's beautiful and you can have so many people there and it's such a gorgeous place um and her granddad um had his cremation there um and yeah she was like oh well yeah he had this many people um oh and then we did this um and then and just the way she was like talking about it was if it was like he was some celebrity and he was so much better than my dad's my dad's funeral I was like, I can't even listen. <laughs> I can't That's actually shock it. Yeah, I can't even deal with what you're saying right now. Um, so I'm just going to pretend to switch. I can't even be bothered to compete. Um, I, I love it as a bit of a joke. Like, I'm all there for the jokes. But when she was literally point blank trying to have, like, a boxing match with me over... Oh, that is shocking. Yeah, trying to compare the two. I was thinking, oh, my God, fine. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, literally don't want to talk to you again um, <laughs> so it is it is so funny like all these things that you see and the way people react sometimes just kills me off yeah me too <laughs> like your parent yeah literally maybe that's what happened to you dad. <laughs> yeah I always say like when something happens I'm like in a minute I'm gonna have a cardiac arrest or I'm gonna have a mark or something like that <laughs> Um, oh gonna go I reckon I think that what made that's what made it so much easier for me as well um is if I'm gonna die that is 100% how I want to die like he mm. had, like hit the nail I don't I really really don't know how um you got like especially you can watch um watch themselves sort of lose lose a parent I've had that quite a lot sort of mm. from relationships um where I've spoken to people in the past and I just really don't think I could do it so the way my dad died was just so so easy so quick done so if I'm gonna die yeah. I have to be the way um, yeah I mean th- there's definitely pros and cons isn't there to a <laughs> to both yeah, um definitely. but I think I, I think I'm the same as you like I would definitely rather die like like very quickly it's funny how when you're younger um you think about death and you think oh you know I just I really hope that I just die in my sleep when I'm really old and that's actually the apart from that and like something like dreadful like some sort of mad accident happening or something yeah. you don't you don't even consider like an illness or a cardiac arrest no cardiac arrest being a way that you will die like can you imagine being like 12 being like, like oh, I yeah. hope I die of like a heart attack rather than cancer yeah, yeah. but I do like honestly it must especially because since I've done um like I'm so into medicine I've done a lot of research especially into cardiology and how it all works which is something that I kind of want to do alongside my website because I just think I'm not going to go into it now because I once I start preaching we'll be here for years but um, I, <laughs> oh, so I, I, I love your tattoo by the way oh thank you <laughs> very cool once I start preaching cardio we are going to be here for a long time but I just think there are so many simple steps that you can do to save someone's life and it is so common but with my dad especially in and in the case for many people that suffer the same um related death it happens so quickly and you do not have a clue that that it's happening and I think that's Mm. 
you know, the fact that I saw that uh, for him to be so peacefully, like looking at his body afterwards, he had like a slight bruise on his face where he'd obviously fallen. But apart from that, like, it was just so, um, so peaceful. And I think that's what made it um, so easy for me to think, right. And especially now I know the science behind it. Um, mm. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that any day of the week. I mean, ideally, if he was with someone, he would have just had... Um, an AED, like DFib, and you can come back from that and be absolutely fine. But if you're not with someone, then you can't can't do that. Um, yeah, it's quick, and he had two phones: the um, his mobile and the hotel room phone within arm's reach either side, and he didn't have time to get either of them. So that's so crazy. Quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, that's really interesting to hear. Then, so like, were you? did you study medicine or anything like what what is your job now or is it that you've gotten so into kind of learning about it that that's now kind of shaped the way that your rest of your life is going to go yeah I mean my dream would be to be a doctor it's never going to happen because I've got three GCSEs so in answer to your question did I study (laughs) medicine no um since he died I've just had so much interest in it um I just love learning I, I feel like I've done my own medicine degree without actually doing it at university with the amount of wow, that's so interesting um time that I spend doing it um I just I love I love learning um about our body and I just I yeah I just really enjoy it um I don't know if it's ever going to be related to a job that I do it's I previously come from working in the construction industry so um, oh interesting yeah so it's never anything that's linked with any roles that I have um mm. but ask any of my friends or colleagues or what have you they'll always come to me as like Dr Megan um that's so cool it's like a passion like from yeah (laughs) Yeah. and yeah they just ask me um ask me medical questions um and they just kind of come to me as that person so I'd love to be able to do it as a job but I just maybe yeah maybe I yeah I'm a bit (laughs) logistics maybe on on your side yeah I don't have 15 years I don't feel hell well that is really cool though like it I think to be honest with you these days you don't even really need to be like medically trained to be able to give that kind of insight to people do you know what I mean like obviously not in a medical professional way but in an in an advice way like as a as a platform I think it's interesting to have that kind of information yeah definitely and like I've done training and things with St John's Ambulance um and I've always sort of gone above and beyond with the training and sort of spoken to the um course providers about where I am in terms of the fact that I don't just want to do this course I want to learn more and they've always pushed me and um and guided me with that um and I've done lots of short courses online for the British Heart Foundation and what have you so um yeah I just keep pushing the education side of it so that my kind of way is that if I am trained to know what to do and I can save somebody's life, that's that's, that's enough for me. I don't don't need to be a doctor to be able to do that. You yeah. can do that in walking along, like you you never know what's gonna happen. So Honestly, yeah, um, like honestly, that's that's probably one of my biggest fears. Like I've I've been trained how to use a defib and all that kind of stuff, but if I ever actually have to do it, I'm just obviously your adrenaline just kicks in, but oh how scary. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it must be. I've never had to use a defib, but I have had to um, help with some situations. Um, I've got mental health training as well, and um, I 
came across a girl who was trying to take her own life. Um, and that was probably the most intense situation that I've ever had to deal with. Um, yeah. But without my training, I'm sure my intuition probably would have kicked in, but knowing that I had the training there to support what I was doing and to know what was going on, because it's so different when it's mental health, you can't see. I've you know helped people with feet hanging off and I can quite clearly see what the problem there is but when something's going on inside you don't know what to do so the training behind it did definitely help me diffuse that situation and she was fine yeah. and I got all of Prosecco dropped at my door a few weeks later God, so. that's 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 absolutely amazing like that yeah. you you've you've literally impacted somebody's life so much by doing that yeah bless her well I just I feel like if I can learn as much as possible then maybe someone doesn't have to end up like my dad did or without you know without a dad or whatever in the future so yeah yeah snaps to that um (laughs) so overall like do you think that it's changed the way that you go about your life then now and your attitude towards it yeah definitely I prefer the person that I am now um and obviously I'm not glad that he died um but I am in a way because it taught me things that I never ever would have learned otherwise um Mm. made me into such a better person maybe not initially I was probably an absolute bitch for a long time but (laughs) um yeah the person that I am now um I appreciate that person and I know who I am and sort of what I can offer and I feel like probably mentally I'm probably more aware of where I'm going and what I can bring to the table and just I just know who I am now and I maybe wouldn't have learned that at 24 had my dad have not died so um yes preach to that yeah you just you just have to don't you you just have to grow up and you have to become an adult and people are always like oh god you're so wise beyond your years I'm like well yeah that's what happens (laughs) (laughs) my parent died (laughs) yeah um so I yeah I I do much prefer this version of myself um and I love I've learned since and I think probably most people can relate to that if they've lost a parent too a hundred percent and that's one of my favorite things about kind of having this question as one of the last ones in the podcast because no matter how traumatic somebody's story is and how deep and sometimes like even like upsetting the most like the podcast might be like at the end whenever I ask that question people have always got a positive thing to say about it like a positive insight into how it's changed their life and them as a person which I think is like the most powerful thing we can take away from any conversation that we have about our grief yeah definitely and I know in the future it will make me a better parent myself yeah yeah Um, and that's one thing that I I find so valuable so yeah it's a bit of a blessing in disguise double-edged sword yeah 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 definitely Um, and my final question is what would you say to other people that have experienced a very similar loss to you and are like a similar stage in their life to you um so my favorite quote um is the carousel never stops turning which is from Grey's Anatomy had to plug that in there isn't it and it's on my tattoo yeah so I won't forget it and Part of my, the reasoning behind that and why I'm sharing it here is because for me, it just symbolizes that the world just keeps turning and you can't get off. You've you just got to keep pushing and there are going to be some shit days where you just want to roll up in your duvet and eat chocolate. That's fine. Do it. Um, and there are going to be some days where you skip around six weeks after you've lost your parent and you're thinking, why am I happy? But you've just got to ride, ride every emotion. Don't 
don't try and fight it and if you need help then just go get it because there's always somebody there that's ready to listen to you and that's me before oh, I blab. Oh, thank you so much. No, thank you. <laughs> no, no problem. I've absolutely loved it. No, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you allowing me to talk on here. It's quite nice for me to be able to be in once. <laughs> yeah, I bet. No, it's my pleasure. I mean, I'm looking forward to filling in your, uh, well, to following your templates. I can tell you my story as well. Thank you. Thanks very much. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast. I so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today. As always, I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club, and you can email us at dpcpodcast at hotmail.com. Alternatively, you can check out our website where a resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. Also, please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way, whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well if coming onto a podcast isn't your thing. Thank you so much once again for listening. And we'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>